Hello, welcome to Bible Marathon and it's dinner time. The word of God we believe is the best sustenance for the spirit, which is why we are taking our time to study and dine on the word of God. So, join us at the table for word dinner. Let's get started. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just pray real quick. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, thank you for your word that is with us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right. Amen. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to hope that more people join, but I to get. So I want to start with this scripture. I want to start with it. Um, that summarizes. Why Recording we're in progress. Everything. I want to start with this. Summarizes everything that we're doing and why we so. So I'm starting with a text. Second Timothy says all scripture is God, meaning God inspired teaching, rebuking, correcting so that the man of God may be thoroughly for every work. So I think fundamentally there's a, a clear injunction. What is God's word? So first of all, we know its source. Every script is not people coming, to, making some people have this. Just gather people. One of the apostles, what we the source of God inspired is all script written by men. Very important. But then what is it used teaching for, for correct? So the word of God, what does it It means to give instruction, to tell you what to do, instruct you on how to. But then he goes on and says, that means when you read the word of God, should affect. Like it should get, I mean, specifically the word rebuke here in the original translation, the KJ teaching for reproof, which means to, which means to give you evidence. All right. Can you guys hear me? Yes, I can now. Right. sorry about No, that. no worries. Yeah. Which means to give evidence. You're supposed to give evidence for what you say you believe. That's the word rebuke. That's actually what of that word. But then it says for correcting. So what the word of God is supposed to do to you as a believer is correct you. So you were thinking in a certain way and now you are thinking differently. That is what the word of God is supposed to do in your life. It's supposed to redirect you. You were thinking a certain way before. Now you're thinking different. You know, before you used to say things like, oh, now we have come into the presence of God. Let's lift up our hands. That's one way. But when you read the word of God, what does it? It instructs you and corrects you. So now you understand, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where it says, Know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the living God. In other words, what used to be a place where God used to dwell, which was called the presence of God, is now in you. You are now the presence of God. So it's like, okay, the light bulb switches on in your head because now you understand what is, is happening. Or another situation, another example, where before now, you have been, you know, you go to, and, and you guys are, you go to a, a church and, you know, they're praying and they, right now we plead the blood of Jesus. And then everybody responds, blood of Jesus. And you just do it. You didn't ask yourself, why am I saying blood of Jesus? Why am I responding? And even further back, why, why are we, are we, what, what's the significance? What does the Bible say? Many people don't care. It's just, we just say some Christianese and that's why we've put ourselves, we say things. What just for the sake of clarity, why is it a problem? Because some of you probably like, what is wrong with? First of all, what is the blood of Jesus? The blood of Jesus clearly all across scripture and from the epistles specifically is for salvation, redemption. You were bought by the blood of the, you were not bought by, the Bible talks about not being bought by what? Gold or silver or precious stones. It says you were bought by but by the precious blood 
Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the found. For what purpose? Ephesians 1 tells us we're dead in trespasses, right? Ephesians 2, we're dead in trespasses and been brought nigh by the blood of Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 says um, we have received, um, we have forgiveness through his blood, the forgiveness of our So every time you see blood mentioned, sin is also the Old Testament. That was what it was all about. Shedding of blood was for the washing, the covering. So when we say we plead the blood of Jesus, how does that relate to physical protection? And this is why Bible study is important. Whenever you are faced with the scriptures, when it is plainly declared to you, you have a responsibility to say, hold on. This is what I used to But the word of God is inspired by God. Scripture is inspired by God. It is useful for teaching. It should, it should be good enough to rebuke me. It should be good enough to correct me. So if I'm going in a certain way, the word of God should draw my attention to another direction. Does that make sense? I want to get feedback. Do you guys get what I'm... Just one more example so that you get how yes. crucial this... For example... All of you have sung this song before. Are you ready? And I'm not, and I'm not um, mocking anyone. You see my heart. My point is we must align and pledge allegiance to the word of God over anything, over tradition, over the teachings of men, over any apostle or any father in the Lord. Because we know one thing, as anointed as these people are, the Bible came. That's one. Number two, because we are men, we are fallible. So there is every possibility of us making a mistake in interpretation i can make a mistake in interpretation there was even one session we had on bmg i was long ago i was teaching something on philemon that the communication of your faith be made effectual by acknowledging every good thing that is in you in christ and i said that scripture is saying that when you recognize everything be able to make your faith effective acknowledging brings about actual stuff in your life and i always thought that's what that scripture meant and in a sense, it still aligns, but that was not the context. And I was teaching you so vehemently that the reason you're not seeing things in your life is because you've not built conviction, which is true, but that's not the scripture. That scripture was contextual. It was talking about um, Philemon, which was the person, the letter was about his old servant Onesimus, right? And all the whole story back there. So it was basically saying, you are a believer, Philemon or Philemon or whatever you want to call him. You're a believer. So to make your faith genuine and effective and visible for all to see. then you have to pay attention let it be evident for everyone else what god so in other words because you are a christian you because you're a christian you one example i want to give you before we jump in um you know and i think this is a comment from mixler i had a two-hour conversation with someone on that topic of pleading the blood and it was a beautiful conversation because i had never taught it so simply and so in depth before but as I was just sharing, every scripture I had studied connecting, and I was even like, wow, I was teaching myself, you know. When you go to, when you say to someone in the New Testament, if you want protection, it's not the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is beautiful, but it was for the blotting away of our, that's what the Bible teaches. So we stay with it. But when it comes to physical protection, demonic oppression, um, binding and casting, anything that has to do with warfare against the kingdom of darkness. The first thing we have is our authority in the name of Jesus. In Jesus, we have authority. We have, we can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. In the name of Jesus, we can. All right. What else do we have? We have the conviction that comes from who we are in seated with Christ far above principalities and powers and rulers. So when we see the enemy, our response is to say, Get away, Satan. 
you know, you have no power here. Just the mere appearing of you should make demons scramble because you know who you are. So it's a knowledge of who you are plus using the name of Jesus that helps us with any kind of warfare, even warfare with your mind, warfare, any, that's what is name of Jesus. When it comes to salvation, but someone will come with an objection and say, what happened in Revelation 12, 11, right? Which says, uh, let me show you. It says, and they overcame him. You guys know this now. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. They did not love their life so much as, and the person was so bold and confident that this scripture is actually talking about pleading the blood. Can't you see that they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb? And I said, oh, what content? And I think I want to see where if you come a long way in Romans 12. But let me pause here. I want you guys to actually have an answer to this objection. So can anyone tell me what is going on here? In Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. Someone is objecting. I can plead the blood of Jesus whenever I like. It's for pleading. I will <laughs> plead the blood and it's working for me, right? You, you hear people say that like, oh, it's working for me. So that makes it, I mean, I hope you know jazz works up. I hope you know that. Um, voodoo. These things work. Oh. Don't be, don't be, don't be deceived. They actually work. In fact, in the end of times, a prophecy says that in first, there is a time coming. Perilous times will come. Second time. When people would not listen to Santi, they will be seduced. The, the time is coming. And how would they be seduced? They will see signs and miracles and wonders. But they are called lying signs and wonders. Meaning, it's not only God that does miraculous things. Hope you know. It's not just God. Though. God is a miracle worker. Amen. But there is something called lying signs and wonders. So because a thing works doesn't necessarily mean God. So I want to get feedback before we conclude the chapter, yeah. Romans 12. Who wants to tell me what this text is? Um, okay. Hi, everybody. Hi. So if you read, like, um, just to get context of what it's talking about, right? If you read um, uh, previous verses, especially from um, the first verse of this particular chapter, it was talking about um, the struggle um, of the, um, the woman, the child, and the dragon. And then when we get to verse 7, it says, it started talking about the war between Michael and the dragon. All right. Right. That's good. And mm -hmm. then, and then verse 10, oh wait, not verse 10, verses, from verse, no, let me read from verse 7. And what broke us in heaven, Michael and his dragon, and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they Vicky. did not prevail. Yeah. Pause, at this point, you know that this point is on their side. It's physical war against Michael and his angels. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just bringing it up. Go ahead. All right. So, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out. Yeah, this is where I want to start from. Mm -hmm. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceived the whole world. It was mm -hmm. cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud vo voice in heaven, saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come have come for the accuser of our brethren who mm. accused them before our, our God day and night has been cast down. And because like you, you've taught us, like when you see and, it means that like there was a previous thought and it's just a continuation of a mm -hmm. previous thought. So mm -hmm. 11 continues that thought and says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb mm -hmm. and the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. <coughs> 
So, of course, in this place, it wasn't talking about like um, protection. Um, like if you read the um, previous voice, it, it clearly states now, now salvation and strength and, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. So it was talking about salvation in Beautiful. this place. Salvation, yes. Yeah, okay. salvation mm-hmm. and strength and the kingdom of our God mm-hmm. and the power of his Christ has come. So um the uh, so and this this even this even um corroborates the fact that Jesus is used for salvation, not for not for overcoming your um, yes. Uh, welcoming any other thing, but it's, it's used for um, getting salvation, right? And the word of their testimony is basically, it also it means their confession, like what they were saying with their mouth. So let, let me try to look at other, uh, other um, translations. Okay, so let me, that's a good point, just because of t- you, that's really good. So I want you guys to pay attention to what she, she went contextually to build and because maybe she hasn't even really studied this text but you don't need to be a, like a deep person that has studied everything if you go to the word of god and you are faithful you will, like most of the objections will be easily refuted from the same text so here's the first thing someone says why are you saying we cannot plead the blood of jesus your first question would be from their own point of view okay plead the blood why are we are we talking of pleading as as in begging, which is one t- definition of the word, or are we talking about pleading like my Lord in the courtroom when they say plead the blood? What are they ref- now? Obviously, it won't make sense if they are saying we beg, we are begging. Why are you begging, right? But pleading can also be a judicial term, right? In the courtroom, you can say I plead, right. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It, it's a it's a judicial term. So. Or when someone doesn't want to talk, I say I talk. So you can call on a judicial thing. And that's what most people, the blood, they don't even know that's what they're saying because they've been collecting it from their ancestors, ancestors, and it's just passed down. Now. But here's the thing. The verse before this text talks about two things. Number one, salvation, she rightly pointed out. But then it mentions a term that is also judicial. It says, and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser. Who is the accuser in the courtroom? The person who is, you know, there, there are two people. I think those of you that watch a lot of laws, you will know what I'm talking about. You guys should help me. There's the other defendant. And the, one the prosecutor. And the prosecutor. Plaintiff. Right. right. There's plaintiff, all of those terms. Basically, there are two parties, right, on a case. There's the one that is trying to survive. And there's the one accuser. You have to give enough evidence to be able to win the case against the... Is that ringing it? So you're, you're, the accuser of the brethren is Satan. What is he accusing? You don't have, you don't have strength. The kingdom of, of our Lord and the power of, of Christ is not yours. Because he has come. He has accused them before our God. So the devil's job, in a sense, is now that he's on the earth. Just that we're seeing the story of... This, this chapter... Ah, I wish I could teach on this deeper. I'll, I'll find a time next. Because most people think everything in Revelation is always... But this particular text, you can see how it's referring to things that have happened. That great dragon was cast out. When did that happen? Beginning. It was at the beginning, right? And it was it said the serpent of old, which is the devil and Satan, who d- deceives the whole world, was cast to his angels. Were. So where, what was he doing on the earth? Deceiving and trying to de- believe in the God. And then also those who have, he's bringing action. God do not love you. God doesn't accept you. All of those. So how do you win that argument? What is your defense against any accusation of the... What is your defense against every argument made by... That is what verse 11. How did they overcome? By what? The blood of the lamb. Meaning 
there are evidence that they provide there to the judge in the courtroom to prove what the de- what Satan was saying was not was the blood. In other words, my Lord, may I, my my Lord, may I? Your ap- <laughs> some of you know that like my Lord, my accuser has said this, this, this. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not worthy of your forgiveness. I'm not worthy of your love. He says that God did not come to save me. You know, I don't have any inheritance. In the- but my Lord, here is my evidence. You provide it and he says, oh, blood was shed on you. So you have one thing that you come, which is the blood of the lamb. And you see, the blood of the lamb in that situation is for the accusation. It's not for a war. It's not like physical warfare, like demons from your village. This is you overcame the accusation of the enemy by the blood of the lamb, the shed blood of the lamb. And what by what else? By the word of your testimony. What is the word of your testimony? This is where I'll get some people. But think with me. It's a, it's straightforward. What is I the word you of your testimony? If you believe and confess that Jesus is God. We're very, very important. Why is the only Victoria that is talking? You guys, don't let her be the star. Who else wants to say? What is the word of their testimony? That's just big grammar for what? Give me other forms of the word testimony. Like confessing our salvation. Okay. Let's let's go back. Let's simplify it. When I say testimony, what does testimony? Does it mean you have 30 minutes? You have 30 seconds? Praise the Lord. <laughs> like speaking Like to testify about something is to say, I guess right. like what, if you're talking about the court approach, is to say like you witnessed something. Beautiful. Now you're speaking about it. Your your testimony is your statement. Does that make sense? Is your state? It doesn't necessarily mean good news, bad news. You know, oh, someone. Oh my, we are responding to you, Jessica. <laughs> we are seeing you. I, I responded to your question. All right. So she mentioned testimony of what Christ has done. Excellent. So the word of your testimony is in line with the blood of the Lamb. So when he says they overcame it by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, most people think it's two separate. But the idea is they they overcame the accusation by their words concerning that's real and not only that in practical terms because they were so assured of their salvation and they had the word of their testimony giving them the confidence to object accusations of the enemy they lived in such a way that they did not even care to save their lives they were so assured that's why it says and they did not love their lives death so correct interpretation will save you from a lot of one more one more thing does this make sense let me be sure that you got that you cannot use this text what yes okay beautiful feedback from all right great great and i i just feel led to because what is the whole point of studying the bible if what you are doing is to mark a spiritual this is not the right place bible marathon is to just follow that okay i've prayed today we just print one now i studying the bible okay i've done it if that's your attitude, your attitude should be anytime you come to the word of God, what does God want to change in my life? What knowledge needs to come down under the obedience of Christ? What thought must be taken captive? What stronghold is in my life that must break out? Like there are a lot of people that have this mindset. For example, let's say you have a mindset that marriage is not, for example, just an example. And I, and I ask you why? You say, well, my parents had a divorce. Everybody that I know about doesn't like their marriage. Things are so difficult. I don't know if I can live with another person. My upbringing, blah, 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 blah. 
those are legit. But when you see the word of God that says, number one, generally marriage is a gift from God. That's like the idea of marriage. It's a gift from God. So mind renewal looks like this. I have these strongholds, but I'm willing to let God give me. I'm willing to let down my, your idea is better. I, I have fears, but your truth more solid. So when you, when you now have the word of God reforming how you think, it's not like, okay, I'm, I welcome the idea. I'm not, I'm not yet there, but I welcome the idea of marriage. If God would, would buy his criteria that are required for, which would basically fundamentally must be a person of the opposite. And then I can add another point or to a certain degree, you guys have very, very closely shared ideals and, and values. Then it should work. So you should have that mindset that Lord your word says this is a gift, reflects you. So I'm going to abandon my presupposition. Trust you. That is what the word of God is supposed to do. So going back to the main text that we brought here, in 2 Timothy 3, 16, I said all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So God inspired everything we read in this. And it is profitable for doctrine, meaning for teaching, for reproof, meaning to give you evidence like we just saw. Proving your, your stand and your, your security in God. The word of God can. For correction. Meaning you were thinking in a certain way. Now you must think a different way. And then for instruction in righteousness. Meaning the word of God is supposed to improve your righteousness. It's supposed to give you steps on how to live your life. You will find a lot of the time that it goes against your natural natural. Dis- the word of God will. It, it will <laughs> if you allow it. You should literally be having tantrums <laughs> i've had times where i'm re- i don't think i can and i'm fighting god you know mentally maybe there's a way around it but i see it and i'm like wow it's god's word I must bow to it i must pledge a- he's my lord the meaning of jesus being lord is not just for us to have a catchy phrase jesus is lord or to god be the glory no jesus is lord means he is lord he is master he is ruler whatever he says goes hallelujah and so all of that preamble is to establish a point. I know I was going to give you another example. I want to, let me throw in that example. And we'll come back to Romans. You know, these are just, a, we'll talk more about it. Because the first, the first theme of our team, God has been really, really giving me so much. And I'm building up to it. I'm preparing, I'm studying. The first thing we're going to next is discernment. Discernment. How to know right from wrong. How to tell error from almost because <laughs> there's a difference it's not it's not always um black or white many times it's good versus perfect and we we want to allow god to inform how we perceive how we interpret things so we're going to talk about discernment we're going to talk about how to interpret the scriptures because that would be a huge part of discernment most people think discernment is just you know something that comes from heaven there's actually the gift of discerning of spirits, which we will discuss. But there is the natural discernment that comes from knowing the word of God. If you know God's word, you will be discerning. You will be able to see something is fishy about this. You know, I walked into a church service and everything was weird already at the beginning because my spirit was just not agreeing. When I say my spirit is not agreeing, don't think it's like this fuzzy butterfly feeling. Discernment is a very strong mental thing. Um, 
except in some situations where God just overthrew. But discernment is very, very real. Like you would, you would know, you would see it. And, and I walked into a church and everything very, but I was still the last part. It started at, and it started specifying. If you give this amount, this is what God will do. If you give this amount, this, I stood up and I walked out of that church. And many years before, I wouldn't have done that. But because of how much the word of God had just permeated my mind, there were some things that, some, and people looked at me like, what's wrong? They would, they, at that point, you know, imagine if you're in that situation. People would think many things. Number one, they could be thinking, you're just trying to run away from you. Ah, why are you leaving when people are giving? But who cares? Right. Second idea someone might have is, um, this one is feeling, this one doesn't know God. He's missing out on it. But at that moment, it was a question of, am I going to honor the word of God because if I were to go and give now, am I going to be attaching a blessing to what I'm giving? Or am I giving because I've been blessed? Is my motive for giving to get God to do something? Which would be very weird. God did not, did not approach us that way. He knows people will reject him. But yet, he still did something very sacrificial. So it wasn't always necessary. It was hoping, trusting people respond to his. But he's aware people won't. And he didn't say it because they won't. So God wasn't transactional with us. Why should, Lord, I'm tying this, my, when I give you this, Lord, I, that is also a problem. There's a difference between that and a vow. And we'll talk about that. But you have to understand, like when it comes to God, let God's word guide you on how you relate with him. God is real. He's a person. It's not a religion. He's real. He's a real person. The, the, the last example I was going to give is this idea that we go to the Old Testament, bring up things that we think are present some things that are not necessarily present because god has done something about them. for example the obvious one none of us here is killing rams how many of you killed ram this morning for your sins if you did you're in a cult <laughs> right it sounds insane but to think about the history of the church they've done worse things but something more subtle for example the the prayer of david let me show you are you guys still here with me I hope I haven't chased anybody. This is just okay. We are is... All right. This is me just being faithful to the word as best as I can. So remember, this was um, our beautiful David. He had just sinned, very terrible, and he got to a point where you know Prophet Nathan told him everything he had done and challenged him, and he was he started praying to God. And here's like the sound that followed. So he said, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquity. So he's praying to God to hide his face from, don't look upon my sin. Blot away all my iniquity. What does he say next? He says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit with thee. Then he goes on to say, cast me not away from thy presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. And I just want to show you something that is so subtle, we miss it. But there's so much freedom in understanding what God has done that makes us view this psalm differently. Because, I mean, every one of us, me included, have sung this song with Create in me and, and renew a right spirit within me, right? And the question, first of all, was David right? 100%. This is what David was supposed to pray. Why? Because... God was looking at his sins. God was going to need to blot out his sins. You know, these are things that, yes, legitimately, David, but let's see what this, 
in the same old testament there was a prophecy don't forget what is it says hide thy face from my sins blot all my creating me a clean or a new heart or clean heart some translation will say and renew a right spirit what did ezekiel prophesy let's go ezekiel some of you know this text but it's now like getting that knowledge that's the challenge ezekiel 36 let's start from it prophecy he says then will i sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your eyes that's god's promise now so this first part handles what part hide your face blot all my blotting means to verse 26 it says a new heart also will i give you david said create him and he says renew a right spirit within me what does the prophecy here say a new spirit will i put within you <laughs> right I will take away the stony heart of out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Literally, I will give you a new. Now, did this prophecy get fulfilled? Did God give up? God put He did. So, will it be right for us to pray the prayer? In fact, maybe you people don't know that God did it. Let me show you. Um, very, very clear. Second Corinthians 5 from verse 7. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new what? He's new. All things are passed away. All things are new. And he says he has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. In other words, that which was blocking us from accessing God. All right. And then he says, God was in Christ reconciling himself to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. What does that mean? Simply, God is not counting sins against us. God is not looking and saying, you did this. That's not God's attitude in the new covenant. He said, he promised it. I will blot out. I will give you a new. Now we're seeing the fulfillment. And the, the main point you need to understand is Christ. David did not have Christ yet. He was looking forward to it. To it. Look at what he says in um, Romans chapter 4. We did Romans chapter 4 earlier, if you remember. David looked forward to this day. That's what was happening. He said, even as David, Romans 4, 6 also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without work. So God will call you righteous without you doing anything. Day like that, that David was looking at. What did he Blessed are those. Like me, I'm begging God now, but blessed are those whose iniquities, whose sins are covered. Powerful. So now we go back to Psalm 1. And what do we see? We see his statement. Cast me not away. Quick, quick question. Why would this be prayer for a believer to who can tell me? Psalm 51 verse 11. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit. Why? Tell me one. Give me one verse for each. Why this is not valid prayer for man. In so, I don't know the exact verses, right? But for taking not the Holy Spirit from you. Of course, God can't take his Holy Spirit from us because he gave us his Holy Spirit as a seal for salvation, right? And um, yeah, so... And when something is used as a seal, it's just like an assurance. It's an assurance that, like, it's an assurance, like a stamp that can't be taken. So, of course, God can't take his um, Holy Spirit from us. Let me show you guys. Let me show that to fly over. So, good good one. We have a response from one. So, look at this. In whom ye also trusted, Ephesians 1. After that, ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also... After that, ye believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Sealed. What is the point of the seal? It says, verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance. What does earnest of our inheritance mean? It doesn't mean me. It's not, that's not. By the way, if you spell my name, E-A-R-N-E-S-T. 
But what does earnest mean? Earnest means it. like when you want to buy that Asher, Asher B or whatever it is you want to buy. And like, ah, don't sell this one. There's no other shade of this type. Please, how can I secure it that you know that I'm serious? Put a deposit, a down payment. That is what God did with you. So if you put a down payment, you are telling the person, I'm coming back for it. I'm going to buy it. That's exactly what this is saying. That's exactly what this is. Praise the name of Jesus. It's a deposit re guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. So God is buying you. You are God's possession. How is he going to prove that you are powerful stuff? So when David is praying, take not your holy spirit. The epistles are telling you what Jesus has stamped as a seal, as a permanent security that you are his. Powerful. And then like Jessica adds, Jesus himself told his disciples, he says, hey, I'm going to make a prepared place for you to come. And then he ends it. I will never leave. That's what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is the proof of God's non-forsaking and non-living or whatever, how you can say it. But <laughs> the Bible says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter who will not leave you. He will not forsake you. He will abide in forever powerful. But then there's the other one, right? Where Psalm 51, go ahead if you want the other okay. one. So, um, the other one talks about um, God's presence living. So, of course, just like you, you were explaining earlier how that house God, right? So, if we then we carry his presence, right? So, if he promises us just to never leave us and he has made us his temples, yes. right? So, Bible says, um, God doesn't dwell in temples made with human hands, right? We are his temples, right? So, there is no way he can leave us. Right, you can't, you can't take his presence away from us. So, is there any, let me just, I don't want anybody to put on, these were things that, are ideas that, that doesn't seem probably, but your impulse put aside any new idea, lower than your impulse to want to, you want to always have that attitude, I want to be, I don't know everything I, as I ought to, and I want, to, and if it contradicts what I already, I have this, maybe I don't, maybe. Now, you might end up going, following the argument and saying, well, substance, so you go back. That's fine. I've had that many where people bring very strong arguments against what I believe. And I say, okay, throw down everything I know. Take me on that journey. Let me see if you will get to a point where, you know, it is sound and biblically proven from If you can prove it, I'm sold. I've had many doctrines by that. But there are many times you will just have to humble you. All of this to, because the word of God is supposed to protect us, instruct us, correct us, instruct us. Romans chapter 12 that we've been studying. I gave you an assignment. How many of you don't have to lie if you didn't? I'll just, if you haven't done the, okay, who has done it? Who else? Who else? The assignment I gave last was go to the book of Romans chapter 12 from verse 9 to verse 21 and list out all the instructions, sense the corrective instruction, Paul, list them out and write them in first. So Toyosi did it. I know Jessica did it because she reached out to me and said she did. I know a few other people did, but please, I'm begging you. If you haven't done that assignment, do it. This is, this is more than the master's degree you are getting. I'm serious. Like this is what transforms. This is more than that job that is keeping you not doing let the word of God take priority in begging. I'm really begging. Oh, there are chats. I'm not seeing. Oh, okay. No chat. So Romans 12 from verse 9 to verse 21. That's what we studied last week. And I said, go back, write a list of everything from verse 9 
all the way to verse 21 as first person um, sentences so for example love must be sincere is what is on you need to say it you need to write it as my love will be sincere i hate what is i cling to what is good and i want you to have a list i know jessica did it i know a few people did it so i'll have a question for those who did it and are on zoom right now can you tell me something that that did to you tell me just give me feedback what was it like just in one minute um it made me more conscious of the things that i wrote there like maybe if I'm loved sincerely, be faithful in prayer, things like that. It just made me more conscious. So if I am doing something, I check myself. Am I loving sincerely? And um, it just made me more conscious of my actions, essentially. So mm. that's what I would say. And I, it just makes me check myself. Right. Because I, I always, like, I try to do this myself every morning, every day. And sometimes I forget, but whenever I remember, then... When I'm doing something, there's one time, okay, something happened in church. It was very funny. So it was the girl's birthday, right? And um, she now said, um, um, my friend Vanke now said that, oh, you're supposed to, um, the girl is meant to take us out. And I remembered rejoice, rejoice, we rejoice. And I remember he said that uh, when people are doing, I think when they have a party, when they are celebrating something, you should not be telling them that when are you watching, they're supposed to rejoice with them. And I was like, oh, I don't, that thing is actually not right. And I like, you spoke about it. The last was about it, but it just made me remember what I wrote and what you said and how you explained that we should rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn those who mourn and not be looking for something for our own benefit. I love that. that. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. And I know that for anyone who did the assignment, you would definitely have something similar. You have a similar experience. Because that's what happened to me back. Um, I did this, not for this particular one. I did and I'd written down verses that were instructive. And I said, I do this. I do this. Two things happened. First of all, I was more aware of those things, just like TLC said. And it's, it's important, but more so, I found myself not even thinking. I was just like appealing to those. I was like, oh, the word of God says this. And I remember, in fact, as basic as lie not one to another, as simple as that, I was in Colossians. I remember doing that. As, when I was about to lie, that, <laughs> that scripture came. And in a sense, even though this is me taking this out of context, in a sense, that is how the Holy reminds you things that he has taught you. Because right now, I mean... Paul was not here to teach us. The apostles were not here. Peter was not here. <laughs> Sorry. But what we have is the scriptures. They wrote these scriptures. They've instructed us. And so you need to already have a knowledge of what they told you to be reminded of it. So I want to push again. If you haven't done it, it's the mercy of God. Romans 12 from verse 9 all the way to 1. Any question as we round up? Is it round up or round off? Jessica said it was very exposing. She did it. So I'm, I'm assuming she's referring to as she's writing i do this and realizing i don't actually do this yet i think that's what she means and it's a powerful reminder that many times we may not be what god's word says we are but as we keep looking we we start getting so any questions on what i've taught today any pushback any like okay maybe i said something and it didn't sit well with you is there anybody like that or do you have any questions about the assignment or Hi, hi, Shawa. Yeah, so I um, just want to say two things. So, yeah, first for the assignment, um, yeah, I, particu- I particularly like what I said, you know, I'm not smart for. Um, 
probably with my devotion. So I think that was a, a major part of my prayer for for this week. And so just having to do that assignment, you know, brought that even to life. And it, it just it just helped. It helped a lot, you know, with with, with that. So I'm grateful for that. Um, so I, I don't know if there's a question. I think it's a question. Um, the part of Philemon, where you said, um, you know, where you took that, um, verse out of context because I also, I also, you know, currently, or I think before you spoke today, had that interpretation in my mind saying, oh, you know, if I acknowledge the good things that I have, then, you know, um, my communication, you know, the faith, you know, is more effective, you know. So I don't know if you could just spend like a minute or two to really talk about that again. Um, okay. Just so it, it helps me, like, really. Because I still have to go back, you know, of course, but yeah. if you could just go over that again, that would be very helpful. Thank you. Great. So two points. And that. thank you for that feedback. Um, let me just jump into another translation, and I think it will just simplify it. KJV is very hard. <laughs> it says that the communication of your faith. Communication does not mean necessarily talking, all right? The yeah. Greek word there is koinonia, which really means the fellowship, partner. So... The core message is not really about what you tell people, but rather you say you belong to this faith. How would it show? That's the idea. That's why it says, do not be deceived. Evil communication corrupts good man. Is it evil talking? No, evil association. So when he says this text, look at what the NLT does. And I think it's very helpful. It says, and I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in what Paul is saying to is very clear. He's saying, I have a message to, I have an instruction for you, but I want to prepare your mind that what I'm going to ask will be difficult in your flesh. So I want you to take action, put to action that faith. You say you be the fellowship of the saints that you say you belong to the Christ communion that let it be evident by the actions you so. Let me read it. I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all we have in Christ. Because of the things you have in Christ, because of the fellowship that you have, let it flow out practically in how you live. Which would now make sense when it comes to verse 10, brings his request. I appeal to you to show, right? That's what's this, that's the context. So if you read the whole story and interpret it that way, you get it. I don't have enough time to, hopefully this helps you start I, I think it's a good thing if you go back and study it and it will just... Um, but do you know the story of Onisimo? Uh, yeah, I read the, the, the story about, you know, okay. about it um, some time ago. Yes, awesome. All right. So you. that's what verse 6... Okay. Is thank it you so much, B. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It is. Okay, thank super. you. That was an awesome meal. Thank you for joining us as we studied the Word of God. If you would like to join the actual World Dinner Sessions live on Fridays, you can visit the link bmg.disha.page. It's always on Fridays, 9pm West African time. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at bmg.global and see you when next it's dinner time.